hello and welcome to The Cast of Us, a podcast dedicated to The Last of Us on HBO and brought to you by the lovely Fan Critical Podcast Network. Uh, today, for the deep dive, we have the whole faction of survivors. Uh, welcome again to our little Gaz, who has proven his weakness in the group by getting sick again. Yeah, this is like survivor the though, time survivor in 12 months early I, honestly Mental. honestly mate i'm i'm just gonna sit in the corner and not mm. speak because i've definitely got some sort of mushroom disease yeah um, we joked about it in the preview podcast you know, that you get sick all the time and this is just you know for new listeners you know he's something's always wrong with this kid mm. and now he's patient zero again and um just stay away, all right? Well, didn't I was with to. you the other night. I was with you the other night, and now I'm very concerned. Yeah, so about you my gave it to me, probably, well-being. in a way. Mm. He seems all right. Yes, maybe I am immune. Uh, also joining us this week is our unspoiled survivor, a man with a temper as vicious as Joel's. It's John. Yeah, cheers, mate. I'd like to say that I don't have a temper, but that would be in complete contrast to the conversation we literally just had before this. Uh, mm. Yeah. Pod yeah. started, so yeah. it's all good. It's all good. Makes it sound like we were arguing, but we really weren't. We just <laughs> Definitely not. Have a, no. We're not. We're all friends. Don't you worry. Mm. Okay? So. Never argue. Anyway. Now, of course, listeners will be with you every single week, giving you our overall thoughts, rating the episode, uh, then heading uh, to our very own patented clicker corner, yeah, for all the video game Easter eggs. And, of course, <laughs> there are spoilers from this point onwards. And uh, this is going to be interesting because I'd love to hear what John thinks about the episode. Mm. So uh, let's do it then, shall we, lads? Uh, we've had a day or so to digest the episode. Yummy, <laughs> yummy episode. Mm, <laughs> Choice of words. Uh, me and Gaz have already given our um, our hot takes in mm. the Hot Take podcast, which comes out straight after the episode airs. And we gave it glowing um, reviews at that point. Um John, you're an interesting one because thanks. you you have a knowledge. <laughs> thanks, yeah. <laughs> you have a knowledge of the source material, but you didn't really play the game. So you're coming at this show, uh, at least for for our group, uh, as you know, unspoiled, uninfected, unsullied, mm. uh, unsullied. He's like yeah. the the non book reader of this. Yeah, mm. exactly mm. right. Which is a very fascinating angle. Um, so I'm interested to hear what you want to say, John. Um, of course, we will be using the blueberry system, which is zero to five blueberries. There can be no halves. No halves. Five being the best, zero being the worst. John, take it away. Your thoughts on the season premiere of The Last of Us? Uh, bloody good, wasn't it? It was very good. Um, yeah, boy. I, uh, I need to caveat this a little bit. Boo. Uh, when I watched this last night, um so Michelle, who's my wife, um, so loads of single women just turning off now, but and some men as well. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Um how, how is Michelle? Has she left you yet? <laughs> <laughs> um well she will do after this uh after this show. She has an irrational fear of zombies. Like, that's not irrational. That's perfectly. That's not irrational. No, it is irrational. No, because wow. it's fiction, isn't it? Yeah, it's like going. I'm not going out because it? it's a full moon tonight because there might be werewolves. So like, they don't exist in England. Obviously, they exist in other countries. <laughs> um, so uh, I spent about an hour last night <laughs> trying to convince her that she has to watch this show because it's going to be the next big show. And she was like, well, The Walking Dead was a big show, and I never watched that. And I was like, Mm. yeah, but, you know, it's not HBO, is it? That's right. Um, And also, she watched Game of Thrones, and they've got White Walkers. They're basically zombies. Um, Yep. She wasn't having it. So last night was a bit awkward because... You know, from once Ella, my daughter, once she's asleep, you've got probably about three hours of social time as a couple and I spent 50% of that watching something she didn't want to watch so <laughs> stuck it on got my um 
got my Sony noise cancelling headphones synced up to the TV. And immediately I was like, oh, my God, this is good. Because it really mm. builds the tension. Um, oh, yeah. And so I did say to caveat this at, at the beginning, uh, <clears throat> zombie-esque, because um, I know they're not quite zombies. They are. Um, yeah. So like 28 they days later, they're it's not. like, no, they're not. It's rage, isn't it? Yeah. Infected humans, yeah. I'm telling so, you now, yeah. if a human's dead and then they're reanimated and they're eating someone's face off, that's a zombie, man. I'm telling you. Um, Technically, they're not dead, these humans. Well, maybe some are. Anyway, continue. Uh, so anyway, um, it's my favourite subgenre, I would say. Um, so even when I watch really terrible zombie films, and you know, me and Gaz covered, what was it, like Day of the Dead Bloodline or something? Something garbage. Awful. You watched um, that with me, Len. That was fun. Yeah, you did, yeah. I did, I did. And even Sham- that piece shambles. of shit shambles. was um, quite enjoyable. So I knew I was going to love this anyway. Um, and then you throw in Pedro Pascal, who's brilliant in everything. Len, I know you didn't like Narcos, but he's brilliant yeah, in that. Yeah. He's brilliant in Game of Thrones. He's brilliant as the Mandalorian. So you know he's going to be good. Brilliant as Joel. And now he's brilliant <laughs> yeah. as Joel. Um, a Mandalorian. Yeah. <laughs> a Mandalorian, yeah. So he plays a woman in that. Um, but... It was, as expected, um, well-paced, brilliant music, full of tension. Uh, you're already sold on uh, the characters. There's, a, there's some immediate heartbreak. Um, mm. The world-building already, you know, is going to be amazing. The budget has obviously gone to create something that looks phenomenal. I know Gaz will talk about this, and so I'll, I'll let him go on about the uh, uh, the liminal spaces element of it. Um, just a, a superb first episode. Um, uh, well up there with uh, first episode of Game of Thrones, uh, first episode of Watchmen. You know, you watch it, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, can I watch episode two now? Yeah, I'll turn into a zombie and attack people in the street for episode two. I need it. <laughs> um, it's a five bloob, obviously it is. Um, it uh, perfect choice to start and end uh, the plot where they did. Um, big shout out to the, the actress that plays his daughter. You know, she's in it for thirty minutes. Um, I hope she yep. gets other things as well because. Nico. She did a lot with her. Fantastic, yeah. Yeah, she did a lot with a very short time. I'm Mm. very much looking forward to the rest of this season. Um, I'm going to find it quite hard to pick out any real negatives, actually. So I'd be interested to see because I think we should. I think you know we are fan critical. We are. So we do tend to give some things a kicking at points, but um, we'll, we'll do that in a bit. But. I, I will uh, I digress. I'll I'll end there by saying five bloobs, excellent. I expect the rest of the season also to be fantastic. And uh, and actually, I'll I'll leave you with this. I know there was some criticism over how harsh I was on House of the Dragon. Now you see. This is what well crafted storytelling is. You watch an episode like this, you don't even have to think about giving it a five bloob. Whereas if House of the Dragon, it was like, oh, go away, too much. <laughs> um, so I'll even let them off with the timestamps. You know, it made sense. Oh, it made that sense. was in my notes. So there you go, five bloobs right. from me. Well, lovely uh, treat for you there, listeners, and uh, anyone new to the show. John is, if he gives something a five, you you know it's really up there, okay? Because he's the negative one. All right. <laughs> Now we're going to throw it to the small, malnourished, uh, dying man in the corner. The one that I've been keeping alive for decades now. Uh, somehow mm. finding enough rations to keep him going. <laughs> it's Gareth. Um, what are your thoughts, mate, before you, you kick it? Before I perish. Well, cheers. Cheers for that intro. Um, uh, 
I'm going to surprise you all. I've had time to think and it's not that good, is it? <laughs> Hopefully he does perish, to be honest. Yeah. Um, no, I think uh, I think John made a point. Like, It's going to be f- hard to find negatives in this and um, that is, <laughs> that's a potential problem. I'm like, maybe we should look at something else. Let's let's start watching something else. Go um, out to Westworld. Yeah. <laughs> um, Fuck me, that last season of Westworld, abysmal. <laughs> I think um, it's interesting because of the runtime of like, what was it, an hour twenty? A good like over a third of it really is is told from the perspective of a character that isn't in it from that point onwards, um, mm-hmm. and that that's kind of um that's a very brave choice and there have been there've been movies and shows that have done similar things where they kind of misdirect you into thinking um somebody's going to be a main character and then oh no they're dead moving on um game of thrones even actually um but um obviously it's it's different for us who have got knowledge of the game but i think one of the big things in terms of the marketing of this show is that they're not just targeting people who have played the game. They're looking to cast the net wider. So I would be really interested to see how people found um, the death of Sarah. Her death is the driving force behind everything um, that Joel does. And mm. so we can look at that and the choice to extend that scene and go, well, this is fantastic because they are they're, they're building upon what already exists. They're building upon that character development, and and really, that is about it's about Joel rather than Sarah. <laughs> so, and, sorry, Gaz. Um, so we're obviously doing this podcast with you know live. We can see each other, and yep. Len is frequently Ow. going for the most camp way to fan himself. <laughs> it's so off-putting honestly it's, it's like so he's off-putting. like trying to fight back tears it's yeah it's 39 <laughs> degrees mm. outside yeah. or something ridiculous i am in this office which has no air con because i'm recording so i don't want any you know i'm doing it for you dear listeners i want this to be sound as good as possible it's a hot box in here okay i'm doing my best yeah. continue gary on, give it a bloody score i'm unbuttoning <laughs> this shirt um, too much I love it. I can't wait to see beyond the walls of Boston. Um, and it looks like we're launching straight in, um, which is so exciting. And it is obviously, of course, five blueberries. It's, um, yeah, what a cracking start. Lovely. Um, well, I'm not going to keep everyone uh, waiting for my score. It's a five. Um, and if anything, I'm usually the hype man of the group. Um, and as I said in the hot take episode, uh, they exceeded my expectations uh, with this adaptation i am the <laughs> member of the group who has played the game six times from start to finish too many um and i'm doing a playthrough uh with the show as well which you'll be interested <laughs> to know it's quite going to be quite fun um, what does that mean and so you stop where the show that, stops yeah yeah that's right All right that's right john you are a clever clever man <laughs> i've always said that about you you're gonna be fucked when they change it. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? Getting the helicopter. Um, yeah, do you know what's funny? When I did my last playthrough, there wasn't a bit in a in the 60s. So I don't know what I did for that bit. But, um, just acted it out. No, it, it, you know, I, I consider myself the, the an expert on the game, a mega fan. So if anything, there would be things you'd think with video game adaptations that would really annoy me because video game adaptations, as we said in the preview podcast, are usually terrible um, or never live up to uh, the community's desires. And this, you know, is just almost perfection from a series premiere. The runtime felt perfect, even though it's an hour 20. It it just, it, it, it went along so well. The tension the peaks, the troughs just in this first episode. And like you said, John, you're immediately attached to the characters and we'll touch on it later, but the the ability of uh, Neil and, and Craig, first name terms, obviously, uh, to <laughs> essentially trust the audience and not go, 
with heavy expositional dialogue and and things there's so much information that's just like the game environmentally told to you and i think that is really important and it makes it seem so much more cultured and nuanced than some of the trash that we get on tv these days so for me it's a five and yeah like ecstatic to be covering the show ecstatic to be talking about it uh every week and uh long may the five blueberries continue now we're going to have a short musical interlude and some adverts and then when we get back uh we'll jump straight into the plot scene by scene uh, before moving on to click a corner and all those delicious video game easter eggs see you on the other side special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. All right, boys. Let's jump straight into the plot. And we open in 1968 with a talk show of sorts discussing a global pandemic. How timely. Uh, one contributor describes the real danger being fungi and how certain strains can take over the minds of billions and end humanity. A bit arrogant though, isn't he? <laughs> he is very <laughs> arrogant. Um, did crack me up how... Uh, we talked about this in the hot take, but how fucking stupid this chat show is. Like the host, the host of the chat show, clicking his pen and just like having a bit of uh, a bit of banter. Hmm. Where do you get your LSD? <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. It's good. Yeah. Very, very um, Watchmen, wasn't it? It was very, very Watchmen, John. Mm. Yeah, and that you know, Watchmen, great show on HBO. Also great graphic novel but we covered uh watchman hbo's iteration and it did feel at home uh with that sort of content mm. um i thought it's interesting here that of course he mentions uh as one of the fungi he mentions cordyceps the cordyceps strain um and that is the one that actually prevails and uh, takes over the world and it's a real world fungus and in fact uh like uh, the show says events like that could be possible which is quite a terrifying for, <laughs> in a way. Because fungal... Did a bit of reading about it, obviously. Uh, <laughs> fungal infections are... Brilliant. There's just no no precedent for them. So if they did happen, we'd be fucked, basically. Mm. The irony, though, mm. that something called fungi would make you the opposite. So sad. The opposite, yeah. yeah. That's true. Angry guy. Mm. That is true. Uh, <laughs> angry guy. And then, uh, of course, we fast forward to 2003. We're with the Millers, uh, Sarah, her father, Joel, and his brother, Tommy. It's uh, coincidentally Joel's birthday, and Sarah decides to take his broken watch to get it fixed for him, which is a lovely gesture. I've written here in my notes, shame that she didn't pay for it herself, really. Well, buy a new one, yeah. Well, Gareth, with his money, yeah, she had to take more than $60. In a way. Well, you can get... You can get some little, like Mickey Mouse ones for true for twenty plus Casios. Change. They were in. They were back in fashion a little while ago, weren't they? Those little Casio they watches. They are now. Yeah. In two in two thousand three, probably probably was in uh, in fashion. Timeless. It's not a very good watch, then, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I do like the fact that they're giving Sarah uh, more time in this version of the story. Um, and it makes the the payoff uh, all the more tragic. And the fact that we've just had that little opening um, mm. talking about pandemic means that essentially it's tense as soon as you you know the, the scene opens up with Sarah waking up. That there's constant tension building throughout these scenes, which I thought was really good. Mm. Um, so Joel says he's going to work late. And uh, when he gets back from work, Sarah, 
gives him the present. Um, and then they settle into a bit of Curtis and the Viper 2, which I've put here in my notes, looks like a cracking option for the worst of Netflix. <laughs> Curtis so. and the Viper 2, is that what it was? Yeah. Is there a Curtis yeah. and the Viper 1, or is it just... Well, Gareth, went straight there'll, to be, there'll, be, yeah. there'll be more on Curtis and the Viper later in Clicker Corner, so Ooh. stick around for Ooh. that. That's good. Ooh. Sarah falls asleep, bless her, and Joel... Um, has to go bail Tommy out of jail because he's got himself into trouble with the law. And then when Sarah wakes up, all hell begins to break loose, especially when Sarah bumps into Nana. Now, boys, how terrifying is Nana? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, before the virus. Agreed. Did the... um? So the, She's scary. The, the old man on the floor with his, you know, his throat oh. bitten or whatever. Was he yeah. trying to... Yeah. Did he try to say something? I couldn't quite make it out. Help me. He, he said, help oh, me. Oh, is that what you said? Yeah. 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 Right. Why yeah. don't you just say run? You're dead, mate. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Selfish bastard. Right. Selfish. Well, yeah. it's the fungus talking, John. It's the fungus talking. Help me, <laughs> help no me. Let me, then, let me suck your face off. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, terrifying. I have to say, yeah. they are terrifying. I have to say, uh, Nana was a step up from the version of events in the game. Mm. Um, they definitely, you know, really dialed it up here to make it a little bit more creepy. Um, also to note that these little fungus tendrils that are coming out of her mouth, mm. I thought were pretty cool. Disgusting. Um, they are not, they're not really something that happens in the game. The infection's airborne or sp- spread through spores and they've got rid of that in the show so they're going for this more tenderly you know you see them later on just sort of like sucking on their individuals which sounds dodgy or whatever but like don't so worry about it can they do that on hbo can they <laughs> they can do whatever they want Fair on enough. hbo john yeah you know that um yeah so is that right they're not going to do spores at all no spores oh fair enough yeah maybe we we think it's because of the gas masks uh and there would be a lot of like people going oh there's no way he didn't breathe in some spores there and then <laughs> do you know what i mean and yeah. it's just easier to avoid those well, i was looking right forward to saying that in like episode four or five but yeah well yeah yeah they saw you coming mate mm. they saw you coming and thought oh, fuck this john's gonna kick off so do a little creepy out the mouth instead Ugh, horrible isn't it <laughs> um i said john in, in the hot take i said have you seen blade 2 it's like blade 2 when the vampires do that weird uh, thing they yeah. do i don't know what's... yeah yeah um, terrible, terrible. Yes, I thought it was interesting here, and I was listening to the official Last of Us podcast. Whoa, whoa, but don't listen whoa. to them. What are you doing? Don't, don't give them listens. <laughs> no, don't give them. Li- they've got enough money. Yeah, don't give them money. They've got no money. I'll tell so... you how you can give us. <laughs> yeah, we've got no money. I'll tell you later how you can give us money. Don't you worry, listeners. Um, but uh, they were talking about how, and I thought it was interesting how the virus has the capacity to heal like, you know, fix all of her ailments, Mm. like her lack of mobility, the neuromuscular diseases that she has. Uh, But also, it's like a curse in a way. And I I was thinking to myself, yeah, only (laughs) downside is you become a fungi monster. Um, So, Gaz, this could be your solution, mate. This could be the thing that fixes you permanently. No more injuries, no more illnesses. Mm. We just give you the cordyceps virus and then we lock you up somewhere. Mm. But at least you're like always going to be consistent. Yeah, right. Good. Yeah. How many bloobs this week, Gaz? No, don't do the thing out the mouth because you can't <laughs> you can't pick that up on the record. <laughs> Gaz, put your tendrils away. Put your fucking little tendrils it's like, away. It's like four right? tendrils he's given it out of about seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> Rude to count another man's tendrils. So. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Dear. Put them away. Put them away. Disgusting. Right. Bloody hell. Anyway, I've written next here. Joel turns up and clocks Nan with a wrench. <laughs> yeah. Clock. Uh-huh. Yeah. After he got thought, his, his watch thought... fixed as well. <laughs> um, uh, as he, Tommy, and Sarah try to escape the chaos. In town, as the military close a border around the city, a plane crashes, knocking them all unconscious. 
Joel carries an out injured Sarah, but as they escape the infected, a soldier stops them and receives orders to kill them. He shoots and is about to execute them until Tommy saves the day. Sadly, though, Sarah is fatally wounded, leaving Joel clutching his dead daughter in his arms. Brutal. So, John, as a non-game player, what did you make of this whole sequence and the way it was shot? Yeah, I mean, you keep saying non-game player. I played that bit. <laughs> yeah, I know you yeah. did, but um, you know what I mean. Well, I, I was going to say, actually, so um, I was megaly impressed with the car journey. Megaly. Um, mm. Megaly. Felt like a video game. Uh, and they absolutely shot it in that way. Like, you feel like you're the fourth yep. person in the car. Um, yep. The, like, the the static camera with, like, the car moving as it as it does, it's, I mean, it was brilliant. Mm. Um, mm. N- there is no comparison, obviously, but when they, <laughs> when Dwayne The Rock Johnson... Uh, starred in Doom, the movie. Oh, for fuck's there's, sake. Uh, you're not going to tell me the sequence at the there's end. There's a first-person bit, isn't there, where they're like, right, this is yeah, now going to be, and you've got like, so the gun is steel, and then everything else is like it's frames per shambolic. second. Um, I think if that Doom film didn't exist, they never would have made The Last of Us, the TV series. How about that? <laughs> um, <laughs> Imagine that. I loved it. It was really good. And... Uh, 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 I'd imagine, I mean, just the capturing of that chaos, uh, the the bit where you've just got people just going mental in the street. I mean, not let's not even mention the fact that a plane crashes into the road, but then you've got looks Joel great. on his... Effects looked great. Yeah. Um, you've got Joel, that bit where he's standing there with his daughter, she's obviously twisted or broken her ankle um and he walks into that alleyway he can't go back and he's just looking at like 11 um zombies tendril boys um uh eating away gobbling away you would just this is what i'm talking about where i'm like i would just kill myself immediately if there was a zombie outbreak (laughs) because no I <clears throat> yeah, my voice is going. Look, I'm nervous about it now. All that he's upset. Yeah. talk. Don't um, it's an irrational fear. It is an irrational fear. Um, but I live in Tower Hamlets in East London, mm. so I think it could kick off at any time here. To be honest, it's a bit of a grim place. Yeah. Um, be prepared. The bit where he's running away from that <laughs> that one fun guy. Who smashes into the door, <laughs> he is fun. smashes into all of the plates and stuff and the chairs through the door. Yeah. Yeah. Terrifying, wasn't it? You know, just slow down a bit, mate. <laughs> you'd, you'd have a much better success rate if you just chilled out. He's a raw talent. Yeah. You know, if he got some coaching, <laughs> he's Harness just going 110% speed, percent all the time. His hamstrings he must be. He could be a champion. Yeah. Well, actually, not with the, well, they, the, the fungi. They've been reinforced. Power. They've been reinforced with funky, mate. Mm. Yeah, those hamstrings are solid, more solid than ever. Yeah, that is true. Um, I uh, yeah, I think keeping the point of view from you know Sarah uh, for a lot of it and having that you know that locked off camera in the car like the game, it it just it just looked um, it already looked amazing in the game. It looked incredible uh, when they've realised it in the adaptation here, and like. If you actually look at some of the side-by-side images, it's, it's almost a one-to-one with the game at times. And it's amazing how well that's translated, actually. Because um, you could think that was quite like a gamified thing. Sort of running um, like a video game up character being... as well. Like... <laughs> <laughs> There's a bit where he runs into the wall. Yeah. 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 Just uh, <laughs> And then takes a little half-step back and you have to start sprinting again. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, like that whole sequence I thought was just incredible. And it all culminated in the death of Sarah, which even though I've seen um, that sequence so many times. Yeah, why do you keep playing that bit? Yeah, just that bit over and over again. Um, I was was in tears, man. I Genuinely, I was feeling quite emotional yesterday as well. Don't know why. Just woke up that way. And then... um, Okay. 
no, yeah, yeah, I'm all right, yeah. And uh, <laughs> then I was watching Last of Us. And obviously, like, I think it was, I said this in the hot take, it's just that moment where I sort of realised that this is going to be fucking brilliant. Um, but also, like, Pedro Pascal holding his daughter there, covered in blood, and just the expressions that he got, I was like, oh, my word, this is powerful stuff. Um and I love it. I mean, it's brutal, but I absolutely loved it, obviously. Uh, but heart was broken. Um, <laughs> and Gaz, you mentioned this now that we're all parents. It, it resonated even more. Yeah. I can't. I can't. I can't keep watching it. And like, Lincoln. I was trying to watch a few kind of feed. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, let's rewind that bit again. <laughs> I was trying to watch a few like instant reaction things. I can't because they keep. They just keep playing that scene over and over to talk about how brilliant it is, and mm. it is brilliant. But I don't, I don't need to keep seeing it. I'm done with it now. Thanks. <laughs> Cheers. Mm. Done with it. Um, all right. Well, I'll tell, tell you what's let's weird. Be done with it too. Um, okay, let's not. Oh, no, no <laughs> just, but just on that, I think it's important as, as we're all Go parents. On. We, uh, the way in which we watch media now is is different, and. Uh, I kind of first started getting that with Stranger Things and Hopper and Eleven. You know, I'd lump in my throat, to be honest, on on a number of occasions. Um, See a doctor about that, mate. But (laughs) it's the... Tendrils. Yeah, I know you got, mate. (laughs) 17 Um, of them. Yeah, no, we've had a few people in here with that, actually. Um, It's... So when I saw that scene yesterday, I was... uh, Look, I was emotional, but I mean, I... I knew it was coming, so it's kind of you you kind of prep yourself for it. I'll be totally honest. I was more heartbroken. Uh I'm not gonna do any spoilers here. But in the Mandalorian <laughs> with oh Mando and Grogu at the end of season two, that kills me more than this scene does. It's bizarre. Well, I will say that that end scene of Mando season two is fucking incredible and still one of the best. I just didn't see it coming, John. We won't talk about that here, no. but Jesus Christ. Yep. Pedro again. Just fucking smashing yeah, it. Pedro, Pedro plays boy. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, and let's move on 20 years, in fact. Uh, because <laughs> we fast long forward. Pod. Yeah, very long. We fast forward and we see Boston in the year 2023, completely overtaken by nature. And in the distance, a quarantine zone. A boy on the verge of death collapses just outside and is saved. Hurrah! Gaz, it's a little yeah, girl, yeah. isn't it? Oh, my God. No, I think it's a boy. Uh, I think it's a boy. I saw a review saying it was a little girl. Looked like a boy to me. Yeah, but, I thought it looked like a little you know, boy, but... Non-binary. Yeah, well, there you non-binary, go. Non-binary, John, that's fine. Yep. There you go. Well, Bella um, Ramsey is um, gender fluid. So. I did see that. I did see that article, actually. Um, Fair play. Fair play, Bella. Uh, We support you. Um, Now, they promise him all the food and toys that he wants as they medicate him. And I've written here in my notes, and this is obviously a lie. Finally, something nice. That was good, wasn't Um, it? And I left the room, so I didn't see the next five minutes. But I'd imagine... That kid had the best <laughs> time ever. Big character in a toy shop. Big character <laughs> with, <laughs> with with candy floss. Yeah, they got the same toy shop in Home Alone too. So he's having the mm-hmm. best time ever. Honestly, he's yeah. buzzing that it's brilliant, you know, yeah. fun guys have taken over the world. And that's the last time we see see him. And so, that's it. Um, yeah, I'd imagine he mm-hmm. has the best existence ever. Oh uh, well, I've actually written here. Sorry, guys, just seen this in my notes. Uh, we then see um, on. a group of survivors burning bodies so this must be when you're out the room what? Uh, a woman sees a body in the truck and she can't do it and asks a man or as we see joel to burn the kid <laughs> yeah we just saw what well hold on um, no no she goes no. i can't do this because there was a kid that came in earlier was wearing the same trainers a bit as like that so oh <laughs> uh, yeah yeah and i'm babysitting him in five minutes so, <laughs> so i've got to go bad. at the toy shop <laughs> Yeah, so that reminds me too much of him. So I'm just going to go to the, the big toy shop where he's definitely safe. Yeah. Yeah. I've written here, it's uh, like Ramsey says in Game of Thrones, if you think this is going to have a happy ending, dot, dot, dot. 
Um, <laughs> I also finish think your sentence. That it's obviously, you know, that's it. End of sentence. <laughs> um, it is such a contrast to. It's literally like five, two minutes ago in terms of screen time, but um, we see Joel with Sarah in his arms, and then he's just dumping this kid in the fire. Mm, yeah. Now, I thought that was pretty powerful stuff, actually, and sort of tells you everything you need to know. <laughs> um, I know you don't like the timestamps, John, but no, uh, I didn't it mind tells you everything this. you need to know. I didn't mind them in this. Mm. Mm. Um, we then see Tess, a uh, new character, obviously, uh, being held hostage by Robert uh, on account of the fact he's scared that if Joel finds out he's uh, stolen his battery, he'll kill him. Luckily for Tess, a huge explosion by the Fireflies, a terrorist group in quotation marks, uh, frees Tess, but she's then arrested by Fedra. This is this little like interrogation scene is so well done at the start because like it looks like it's Robert that's being that's in trouble um, and is being interrogated. Yeah, and Weasel Man, and it's like, well, Tess has got a black eye and stuff. It isn't adding up, and she's tied up. Yeah. And she's but tied up. She's so, she's so powerful, Gareth, isn't she? She's she's so like in control. Um, you almost get the sense that she's also in control of Joel. You know, like Joel is her muscle. You know what I mean? She's the ringleader. She does. She explicitly does say that. To be fair, yeah. But it's important to know that she can like, she actually does it. Like you know what I mean? Because Joel's such an imposing character. Um, you kind of get a real good sense of the chaos in the QZ. Uh, John, what do you reckon to the sort of set design and world building in the in these scenes? I'm going <clears> to... <throat> it is... It, so if someone shot this and you knew nothing about what video game it was based on, um, I 100% would be like, this is Half-Life 2. Like, it's... Mm. Sp- Spot on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The beginning of Half Life Two, mm-hmm. um, the uh, the way in which the uh, the breakdown of like the little alleyways that lead off into little courtyards and stuff, it's exactly like Half Life mm-hmm, Two. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I, I I loved it. It's not no scene felt needless or overbearing. And again, you're talking about, uh, I don't know what the runtime was, 80 or 90 minutes. Um, it didn't feel long. Yeah. Um, the, you know me, I always look out for these extras where I'm like, that extra was shit, wasn't it? Or like just some little <laughs> yeah. character. Um, I didn't get that at all in this. I thought it was very well done. Um, I thought for a moment you were going to get it with the um, the police the guy, oh, the Fedra officer that um, uh, that Joel's in, like as his contact. Doesn't he look a bit like a budget Jake Gyllenhaal? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in the end, he was good. He was good. He, yeah. Um, no, no, no. He was uh, good. Yeah. Would you want to live there? Would you just go? Oh, I'll just live here. Wouldn't even go out. Uh, yeah, I've just written in my. I've written in my notes. It's just fucking grim, isn't it? Mm. It's just fucking grim. Yeah. Like a dirty it's house. It's like you survive for t- right. you survive for twenty fucking years and this is it. And I guess that's kind of the point that the Fireflies are trying to, you know, overthrow this oppressive government or faux government that's sort of taken over the United States. Um hmm. I'm sure that'll be explored as the season goes on. Um Joel is trying to get a car together. Uh, to go and help his brother Tommy, who he believes is in danger. When he sees Tess and how beat up she is, they form a plan to kill Robert and get their battery back. Um, <clears throat> I've put here as a little note in the game, this is this is different. Um, I think uh, Tommy is kind of estranged from Joel in the game. Um, and the reason they go to Robert is because he stole a cache of their weapons. And I think... This version that they tell in the show is way better. Not only does it connect Joel and Tommy more emotionally, um, but it also, you know, Joel's trying to go out there to save his brother. He's, he's trying to get these this car together to save his brother, which I think is just a stronger, a stronger narrative direction for the character. Uh, we see Ellie for the first time 
posing as Veronica, shackled in a room, being held hostage by uh, the so-called terrorist organization, the Fireflies. She is made to answer lots of questions and tests until Marlene, head of the Fireflies, tells her that she is in fact... She's bossy, isn't uh, she, Marlene? She is. Marlene. She she tells her that in fact Mm. she has a greater (laughs) purpose than anyone could have imagined. Now, I know, and I'll open this up to the floor, that we were a little bit sceptical about Bella Ramsey's casting. Only a little bit, because we just said that um, it's a bit of a leap from Liana to Ellie. Um, you know, but um, we talked about this in the hot take. I think me and Gaz have been uh, won over by her, John. How do you feel? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I was never that bothered. Um, uh, she was excellent in game of thrones i think there there was there was some issue with something that she was in after game of thrones where people said she was terrible in it um is that dark materials i don't, I don't know i, I don't know what it, it was. personally um but she's been in a couple of things i think she was nominated um for an award for one of them so she can't be that bad um she's very good yeah i thought she was pretty good um i think it's always and the the award for worst actor <laughs> goes to not you. So, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> what sort of an award ceremony is this that you would call that out? Um, anyway, so uh, I think it's always difficult as a child actor in a show like this. I think it takes time yeah, to I agree to build up to them unless you've got Stranger Things where it's the kids together because like, they bounce off one another. Whereas mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been fairly dark up until the point that her character is introduced. Um, I think she's going to smash it. I think she's going to smash it. I think she's going to smash it. I agree. I agree. Um, We'll talk about her and Joel in a second because there's a couple really good scenes coming up. Uh, As Joel and Tess head towards Robert's location, they discover the the Firefly hideout, in which now there are dozens of dead bodies, including that of Robert's. Uh, Job done then, eh? Uh, Marlene is wounded and Ellie pounces on Joel with her knife. Marlene stops her, and now, with the Fireflies severely weakened, she tasks Joel and Tess with smuggling Ellie out of the city in exchange for a vehicle to go save Tommy. They accept. Um, So this is the first time we see Joel and Ellie interacting. Ellie essentially trying to stab Joel. He just sort of brushes her aside, which I thought was, you know, shows how powerful he is and how aware of what's going on he is. It reminded me of, Um, like... You know, in the Jungle Book, where Mowgli first comes across Baloo and tries to fight him. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. And Baloo just like, holds him off. You must be sick, mate. Are you, are you, this is fever dreams, mate. That happens in Jungle Book. Baloo kicking his knife off him. That's... that's... <laughs> <laughs> Go sit down in the corner, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That is bizarre. Um... There's more, more Jungle Book references coming, don't worry. <laughs> King Louis just wounded. Oh, God. Look, come on, I haven't got time. Um, I'll, t- I'll tell you, Imagine I'll tell you what's weird about this scene. I get the there needs to be some like warmth, uh, and you know a little bit of you know humour banter, but the bit where he's like, look, let's uh, or. She says, let's have a, a quick chat when they're talking about potentially uh, taking her as cargo. And she's like, yeah, okay, but not too long because I'm bleeding out. I was yeah. like, it's a yeah. bit weird, isn't it? Like, tonally, it's completely was, out. And then there's the bit where it's like, line. Well, like I'll, it was off. Yeah, yeah. And then there's a bit where, well, no, I'll take her instead. She's like, you fuck, you've not even got an ear. I'm like, why are you saying that? <laughs> that looks horrendous, man. She's. Shot her ear off. There's no time for yeah. banter there. You know, I felt slightly uncomfortable yeah, no. at the beginning of this podcast when you were calling Gaz, you know, malnourished. Now, if yeah. he was genuinely dying, if <laughs> he had short. like a drip on him yeah. during this pod, I'd be like, we need to change that. Yeah. He's looks quite sad. <laughs> so tonally, that yeah. was bizarre. Mm. I felt they were, yeah, I, maybe that was a bit of a forced bit of humour in there. And that's fair enough. I get what they're trying to do because... Let's face it; it's pretty grim. A lot of the stuff that we've been seeing but, so far. But the, but then there were there are choices um, that they make later, and you get the feeling that <clears throat> throughout the series that 
that humour is going to come from Joel and Ellie's, like the building of yeah, their of relationship. Their so Blue it's a relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So if you've got Bagheera dropping one liners, it's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off, Bagheera. Yeah. That's um, exactly right. Jesus. Bizarre. Um, bizarre. Yeah. That, <laughs> she is, Marlene is the Bagheera of this um, of this show. Yeah, yeah I think, yeah. well done. You've managed to find the negative. You found a negative, yeah. John. Yeah. You found a negative. It's a very small Look one, but you, you did find it. So <laughs> there you go, listeners. We're not just praising it. We are being critical as well. Uh, next note I have is Joel and Ellie head back to the flat. Um, and that's it. Um oh. So they have a massive, uh, not massive, but they have a a few, it's just those two in the, in the flat and they have this dialogue, this interaction, um, which I thought was just brilliant. Just there, it's just a few lines. Ellie's clearly a bit scared. Um, and she's asking like, how often do you go out raiding? Like, you know, and Joel, Joel's trying to do the whole gruff, uh, I don't give a fuck don't talk to me situation but he can't do it <laughs> he's he's sort of you see those little chinks in his in his armor like he starts so not opening up to her but he's like trying to calm her down or something and um i thought it was fantastic i just i just just this moment of quiet before this journey begins uh with those two i really enjoyed it mm. yeah um yeah, nice. he just doesn't want to get attached you know and the and the show has told you why um, I mean, the guy has to take pills and you know multiple shots of whiskey to go to sleep. So you know he's he's gone mm. through it. He's gone through it a bit again. I, I've no idea I why he's not throwing himself off a roof or something. But um, I'm not he's advocating constantly for suicide on this podcast. By the way, um, at least like, share, and subscribe before you do. Um, <laughs> I. Uh, what do you make of the the radio comms and her going? Yep. Oh, there was uh, the song uh, "Wake Me Up Before You Go Go." <laughs> what do you make of that? <laughs> I really liked uh, it. I, yeah, and what's funny, John, is in the hot take, me and Gaz said what our eighties songs would be that we would use on the radio. No, I, I did hear that. Um, I did hear that. Yeah. What What would yours be? Out of interest, uh, for what though? For like to end the episode danger. on, or, or danger? Yeah, to end the, to end the episode on. Yeah, to end the episode on. So you know, you, we'll get onto that bit in a minute. But um, come back to it. We've got some scenes in between, so we'll come back to it. Have a yeah, think. Okay, we'll come yeah. back to you, John. You've got time to think. Okay, List- listeners, now are like. Well, I can't wait to hear what exactly. he says. And if you want to just agree with me and say Tears for Fears are the best. That was a great shout. Ahead. That was a really good shout. Thanks. It was a good shout. 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 Yeah, Let it good. all out. Not that. Yeah, very good. <laughs> um, as night falls, Joel, Ellie and Tess attempt to get out of the city. En route, uh, they are accosted by a soldier. One that Joel provided pills for earlier. As they are getting scanned, Ellie stabs the soldier and Joel then has a PTSD, mm. PTSD type flashback uh, of the soldier who yeah. shot Sarah. Uh, then he proceeds to beat the soldier to death uh, before it is revealed that Ellie is in fact infected. Mm. Uh, she then explains that is why she's special cargo and that bite was three weeks ago. Okay, a few things to unpack here. What did we reckon to Joel bludgeoning a man to death with his fists? I think it was I think it was done really well. The like quick quick little flashback to 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 the moment. Um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't done necessarily in like a tacky way. It was done in a it, it was done as like way. you could see that being what just suddenly flashes through his mind. Like that's what it looked like. So it worked. Um and Someone like Joel, like you would, you would react in that way, wouldn't you? Um, I think it also maybe implies, like, I don't know, it's early days for his relationship with Ellie, but it implies a little bit of protective uh, instinct um, that he might have over her. Yep. Um, yep. And um, 
yeah, I thought it was a it was it was a well used tool um, and brutal. I, I do feel a bit bad for that for that soldier. Um, he wasn't he wasn't the worst guy. Budget Jake yeah. Gyllenhaal. Budget Jake Gyllenhaal. I do think it shows you how broken Joel is, just as a human being, just surviving for surviving sake. They all are. Yeah, I know, but it's just a bit tragic, isn't it? Um, and it's only going to get more tragic, guys, because it's <laughs> like I said. If you think this has a happy ending, um, well, they are and, the last and, and the of fact us. That this re- so, yeah, very good, yeah. John. Why has no one very said good. that? Um, <laughs> Well, fucking hope they don't. Um, imagine that. It'd be so weird. Um, although, remember in The Walking Dead, in The Walking Dead, in the in the graphic novel, when he says, we are The Walking Dead, that is very powerful. Mm. So, maybe there it's is room We are for The it. Walking Dead season four. What? Yeah. <laughs> in the prison. And that is why Yay. I will become Superman 3. The, no. Jesus. Superman 4. The quest for oh. peace. The quest That's the for family peace. guy gag. Oh. Yeah. There you go. I'd say you're such a family so guy at <laughs> The fact that Ellie's infected and reveals this to Tess and Joel, they obviously can't believe it because <laughs> like the guy said in the in oh, the uh, what? It. I can't believe what? that. <laughs> Honestly. Have you seen this? <laughs> have you Joel, have you seen this? I cannot believe it. Ah, oh, honestly, <laughs> I am stunned. but like the guy in the chat show said there's no cure for it there will never be a cure for it or that's what they thought in the 60s anyway can you believe this joel because do you remember that chat show in 1968 yeah they said there would never be a cure well she's saying she's been cured yeah i can't believe that about an hour ago they were saying it definitely can't be cured but now we've got the cure here i think so that's good oh 80s song might be coming up here um just saying the cure, I get it. So as they head into what is uh, an incredibly uh, grim-looking uh, dystopian Boston with a storm illuminating the collapsed skyscrapers, uh, we hear the radio back at the flat kick into Depeche Mode, signalling danger. Now, how fucking incredible is that last shot? Yeah, yeah amazing. Of the city. Absolutely Love amazing. It. it just looked Stunning. Oh man. In a really cool, scary way. The amount of exploration I would want to do if it wasn't for the bloody cl- clickers and the shamblers and the bloaters yeah. and the stalkers. Yeah. Apart from yeah, them. Yeah. And the hunters. Yeah, don't worry you about know. them. Don't worry about them. Um and for you, Gareth, just being outside for you is disastrous. I mean you you, you can't even interact with regular humans, mate, you're getting sick so much. So I don't know. Do you know what this I mean? didn't used to be you the just, case. You know, just you have to stay home. It's a bit like you have to it's stay a bit home. Like the scene with Sarah didn't used to be the case. I was fine before fatherhood. I could watch that stuff and not get choked up. I am. Um, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, the Last of Us game had one of the best multiplayer modes, and Gaz, you know, I played a fuck ton of this. Yeah, way um, too much. Called the fact called factions. I've I honestly spent thousands of hours on it. Honestly. And the way it works, John, is you go out, uh, you have, a, you, you like kill other survivors and then you get supplies and there's a little, there's, there's a little bit of text on the side when you get, it's just like a, a text screen, but it says how many members you've got in your clan. And then on the right hand side, it will tell you some interesting things about what your clan is doing. Um, and sometimes it'll be like Jennifer ate a rat to survive. That'll be like a tag <laughs> that it says, you know, before you before you rat jump girl, into the next girl. next match. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and sometimes it tells you when people died, and I could just imagine me getting back from one of these, you know, raids. You know, bringing the supplies back for the clan, and then it just says Gaz, Gaz didn't make it, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just have to go. I just have to. You know, the situation is, guys, I just have to get back out there, mate. mate. I'd we've have already to established. Live. We've already oh, established. Okay. I'm, I've am i survived it all. I know. I, I because endure. of me. Yeah, it's in the toy yeah, store. Well, that's true. Endure and survive. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just talk about Jungle Book all the time now. I don't really, I don't know if that is surviving. I don't know. You got any other films? <laughs> 
the thing about the jungle book is it is a metaphor for life and to be honest once you've seen jungle book you don't need to see anything else there you go you heard it here first right well that is our scene by scene recap of the episode um but of course as promised before we go it's time to visit click a corner There's a clicker corner. This is Dicker Corner. Welcome to Clicker Corner. Welcome to Clicker Corner, everyone. Um, This is the segment of the episode where I will be telling you any Easter eggs, delicious Easter eggs from the video game, or anything that I think isn't obvious that we can go through. Um, So let's jump into it. The first one is the T-shirt that Sarah has on in the 2003 era is that of Halicon or Hallison Drops. I don't know how you pronounce Halicon, it. Halicon, isn't it? Um, probably Halicon. Uh, and there are band posters throughout the first game. And I thought this was really interesting because, I, you know, so it's a Reddit thread that I remember seeing fucking years ago. Um, and... This band goes on tour to every single location that Joel and Ellie go on this trip. Just a little oh. bit of story weaving there. Read that fucking years ago. And when I saw the T-shirt, I was like, oh, got to get that in Click mm. Corner. So, yep. <laughs> um, we don't get filter for quality in Click Curtis... Corner. It's just everything. Oh, there's no... No, it's everything, mate. Curtis and the Viper 2, the one that I reckon you boys would review is an 80s movie apparently it's not real it's fictional obviously um it heavily features in dialogue um for last of us part two uh with uh you know i'm not saying any spoilers but it's just in last of us part two so that's nice that they were able to sort of get it into here somehow very good uh sarah's watch or joel's watch is exactly like the game the line your watch is broken later said by ellie which i fucking love by the way um, is bang on such a good <laughs> line from her that you know that watch is important people so make sure you you know keep watching it keep watching that watch mm-hmm. right um this is tenuous this one's so tenuous um joel's wrench you know when he smacks nana around the head yeah 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 now i've been waiting for some sort of game type thing the wrench like the was it Sony PlayStation Wrench? <laughs> Imagine that. No, I thought it was a nod to the fact that melee weapons in Last of Us, you can only use them like once or twice. You know what mm. I mean? And he drops it on the floor. Yep. And I was like, oh, that's a little bit of a video game. Because why wouldn't you keep that tool? It that's disappeared awesome when he weapon. dropped it as well. It sort of flashed for a bit <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. just disappeared. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. <laughs> Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Um now this is one that is very interesting for people who have played the game and now have seen the first episode. Tess and Joel's intimate relationship is hinted at in the game, um, but never really confirmed. Here, <laughs> I'm pretty sure, boys, are we saying that it's confirmed that they have an intimate relationship unless they're just mates who like to cuddle? Which I'm not saying it's not possible. I mean, yeah, it's not explicit. It isn't explicit. It's heavily implied. It's not over the top, but it's heavily implied here. I would say there's enough evidence on show to back up everyone that said that Tess and Joel do have a romantic relationship. Mm. Yeah, I think they do. I like I like that. Um, I like the fact that they've got a you know relationship. I I always thought that when I played the game. Um, so it'd be interesting to see maybe a bit more of that in the coming episodes. Would it have annoyed you if it was explicit? Not not in that way. Not like full frontal and stuff, (laughs) but I mean... um... That's where the budget goes. (laughs) Did you say full frontal or full fungal? Because I don't really... You see what I did there? Disgusting. Tendril. Um, (laughs) Jesus Christ. You love your tendril porn. Yeah. Oh my God. 
God, this um, show's got crass. Either that or Yowie. listeners. Um, oh, my uh, word. Yeah, would it have annoyed you if it was like, yeah, they're just in a relationship? Mm. Yeah, I think I think the way they did it was actually quite, like, nuanced and, and interesting and, you know, not over, not like in your face, which I quite like, <laughs> you know? It's like they keep, they're keeping something back, which I well, quite like. Oh, put it away, mate. I wonder if we will even see any more of it because it might just be one of those things where it's like it doesn't really matter it doesn't matter no i don't think it does matter but it, it's just a nice little nod um this is one that i obviously, obviously playing the game so much uh the amount of times you see shots of backpacks um backpacks play a fucking huge role in the game uh and i am waiting for some on the fly crafting it has to happen next episode or soon, um, because let's face it, that is The Last of Us. They definitely have to get a bit of that in there. Um, escaping the QZ is literally extremely similar to the game. Uh, the searchlights, it feels like a stealth section, um, which I, I'm, I'm kind of hoping there won't be loads of stealth sections, but uh, I kind of like the fact that the escape from the QZ was like that. Uh, and I've written in my notes the sort of gameplay, the sort of gameplay that John hates. Yes. So I think you hate that. You hate stealth as well. So I am confused um, as to why you keep playing this game because there is a lot. Of um, no, I like stealth in like Metal Gear Solid and Last of Us. I hate stealth in games where it's just pointless. Whereas, I reckon he plays know, like this, a hack This has version. a narrative. Where he's like Robocop this, this has a narrative reason for stealth, all right? I think so. um I did think it was a bit weird though, like when they saw they saw little budget Jake having a piss. <laughs> it was a little weird, yeah, I know what you're gonna and, say. Like yeah. and then they like decided just to still try and walk past him. Like just go back a little like just wait. That was very video it game. Was really like weird. they just they just they slightly mistimed <laughs> yeah. it, he's turned around. Hey, you there. <laughs> but if you go back in the shadows, he'll go, hmm. Must have been imagining hey, things. What was that? Huh? I think I saw something <laughs> over there. Huh? <laughs> My imagination must be playing tricks on me. <laughs> There's like an exclamation mark on top of his head. Huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. And the final one for Clicker Corner is the actress that plays Marlene is the same actress from the game. Oh, nice. That's good. There you go. Um, so that's it. For our initial thoughts, uh, the deep dive on the series premiere of The Last of Us. If people could be so kind as to subscribe, share and spread the word of this podcast, that would be incredible. If people want to go even further and join our Patreon, then they can go to patreon.com forward slash fan critical, where you can get access to bonus content and, of course, help us out financially. Um John, you like it when people give us monies, don't you? That's all right. I mean, I won't say no. But he never says no to anything. Well. So that's the way he is. Yeah. Okay. And Gaz needs it. He needs he needs fucking rations. Send in the money so we can get Gaz some supplies. I'll just spend it okay. on new jungle book related paraphernalia. <laughs> Fuck off. Fuck can off. We, can we book. end this pod with bare necessities just playing us out? Oh my god. Right. Anyway, uh thank you to patient zero gareth whose fever dreams have taken him and if he's not in the next podcast you know what's happened listeners all right so that's that can you imagine how annoyed listeners will be if we end without me saying any song from the 80s (laughs) (laughs) oh good point john Um, so anyway so see you later take it away (laughs) um do you know what i thought about something from uh, human League but I would probably end on something like just because it's going into the city uh, West End Girls from the Pet Shop Boys very good choice very good choice um, and on that note thank you John and thank you for your 80s wisdom no problem I was born in it moulded by it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh dear um now as we always say let's go on another supply run find more beautiful supplies and rations help little gareth and in the meantime endure and survive
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.